What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 336. This is Ross Dunn, C Marketing, and my co-host is John Cargott, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. How's my buddy? Doing good. Glad fall's finally here. Enjoying the cooler weather. Getting outside. Oh, geez. Have you already got a cold? <laughs> I've already been through one already, but usually only some good. Uh, got it over with. Hey, it's coming out. I had to go. Uh, that damn sinus issue I got when I was visiting you just stopped. Oh, man. Been on medication for the damn thing. <laughs> It's allergic to my beagle. <laughs> no, no, I think it was the planes. Uh, I just don't. The time change. And Anyway, if you hear anything weird, it's because I've got an idiotic acting studio right beside me now. And, oh, my God, they're do, they're howling or something right do now. They they have stu- do they have studios specifically for idiotic acting? That was, I think that's so. That's kind of I'm, crazy. I'm rather certain. <laughs> <laughs> right now, they're practicing howling. Like, who? Oh, and stomping. Thank you. That's a nice thing to add to howling. <laughs> well, they go together, you know. Oh. Jeez, you should take an acting class. You'd know that. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm editing myself right now. I'm rather cheesed about the whole thing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was assured that, the yeah, it won't be a problem. Well, we'll see. Have you ever done SEO for an actor? E- Hmm. I've done I've it got once. Close. I think it ever happened. We were talking. I did it once for an actor who needed reputation management help. <laughs> uh, That's as close as I got. I, you know, Michael Ironside. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he. Um, he I was talking with uh, him, not directly, but his wife, and we were going to do his site, but they decided to pull it. I think he's just gotten so old, they decided not to redo it. It's yeah. too bad. I was really excited because, come on, Michael Ironside, he's, he yeah. rocks. No doubt. <laughs> Oh, I love that guy. He's like in every 
A slash B sci-fi out there. <laughs> I'd, I'd stick with B. <laughs> yeah, but she scanners. Oh my god, those are great. Oh yeah. Uh, anywho, um, well, we've got lots to to share today. Yeah, sorry everyone for the diatribe there, but uh, I don't know. I just miss chatting. We had so much fun talking when I was away. It's, I know it's, you guys got to put up with us, you know, catching up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's part of the show. <laughs> This is our time to talk once a week. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to lead with the first? Yeah. Google turned 20 years old this month, which is kind of hard to believe because I bet there's a lot of people out there don't remember life without Google, especially in the SEO space. Um, I believe you and I were both around before Google. So yeah. it's kind of scary to think that I feel old and I know you think I am, but I, I <laughs> you know, I am, but I, I do feel old. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it's and and it was funny. I posted the other day. I was looking through my old files and found tips for banners on InfoSeek. <laughs> <laughs> I still got all my old files. Oh God! Yes. Um, all all kinds first, of old stories. I remember doing pay per click for Google not long after it first started doing pay per click, and they actually used to sell the. They used to have the top section of ad, ads that you usually see at the top of the listings. Those weren't auctioned. You actually had to buy those on a monthly basis, and it was like, you know, in the tens of thousands of dollars a month to get those places. It was nuts. Um, I also found that I, I I had, I think this was 98 or something, I bought uh, my own real names. That's what it was. Remember, we, remember oh, yeah. what it was called? I had a real yeah. name for step for, for Stepforth. Oh, actually, at the time, it was Braveheart, my company. Well, explain to everybody what real names were. Well, it was a way to type in just a word, and I, I believe I can barely remember, but and it would instantly show your site. Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like it was attached. It was through the browsers, um, uh, Netscape, I think mostly because Netscape yeah. was the, the big browser back then, and you could just type in a word, and you could buy. You could go in and buy a word. Say you were an accountant. If you had the money, you could go buy the word accountant. And if someone typed in accountant into the net net the browser, your page would show up instead of search results. <laughs> I actually miss Netscape. It's kind I of don't. a cool. I, I I I didn't. I was happy when it was gone, but now I kind of miss it. I don't know. I, I think I missed the logo. <laughs> the logo was cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh geez, yeah, old indeed. Well, you know, Google turning twenty. Um, it was. It didn't jump into the scene as a biggie. A big uh, mover and shaker it did take some time. I mean, I don't remember really even thinking of them as seriously until '98 or '99, at least '99. Yeah, actually, yeah, it um, took a year or so. It, it, took, it took a while for it to spread and people to realize that the results were so much better than any other search engine out there. But as soon as that word started getting out, it, once the word started getting out, it did kind of rocket up into to the. Yeah, what am I doing? My math sucks. 99, 2000, not 98. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, and even when they do rock it up, it's, it takes a long time for the, the general public to get into it. So I think 2000 would probably be when you could say, or mid-99 is when it really started to take off and get some awareness. Yeah. And then they've done okay since then. Well, they've done fine, yeah. <laughs> they've pissed a lot of people off a lot of times, but they've oh. done fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, nobody in particular on this show. No, never, <laughs> ever, ever. No, don't listen to any of the past shows. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, first of all, say hello to Marcella. 
I'm having a chat with him in a few minutes after the show. He's uh, a listener and wanted to talk some marketing. So hi, thanks for calling. It's really always nice to help someone out that's listening to the show. It's pretty cool. Um, okay, so the next bit of news here is the Google search algorithm update. Apparently, there was one on the September 27th. Now, this is on Search Roundtable, Search Engine Roundtable, or seroundtable.com. Uh, Barry typically covers any kind of movement in um, uh, any algorithmic movement that is being noted within the forums. And in this case, uh, you know, looking at the feedback, it does appear as though it's it had some effect in some places because there was enough of a trend. But even he's not certain it was widespread. Uh, but people noticed that their rankings came back. Uh, and I guess that was back from the August 1st crash. Yes. Uh, so but then some people lost. lost. It's, it's as it always is, right? <laughs> exactly. If, if some people win, I guarantee there's other people losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way the search results work. If someone yeah. moves to number one and dropped out of number one. <laughs> yeah. And well, in this case, I don't think they said they were ones that won after August 1st. That would be interesting. But I, who knows? Anyway, <laughs> it's always interesting to read uh, the comments. I- I, I, the only thing that that does to me when someone says, oh, there was an algorithmic update, I will go check my client sites, but I'm not really worried about it too much anymore. And it, it's it's funny. I remember years ago, since we're talking about the old days, that any time there was this, you know an update, everybody would be talking and running and talking and trying to figure out what happened. And almost everybody would be impacted somehow. Today, the, the people that are impacted by algorithm updates like this uh, aren't that prevalent. I mean, most people I talk to you now maybe see a little bit of change, but most of them are not impacted at all. I think it's the people that are that are doing things on the edge, um, you know, of the 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 ethical the standards. The fringe. That's a good word for it. The fringe. They're the ones who are going to get impacted the most, and they're also going to be the loudest. Yeah, and and I should make should I should make a note here. I made a mistake. It's Marcelo. I think I called him Marcelo. I'm sorry, Marcelo. Oh, <laughs> Marcelo. Anyway, uh, are you getting harassed? <laughs> no, mentally harassing myself. It's that uh, yeah, <laughs> split personality. <laughs> Give me shit. Uh, um, anyways, the it, it, again, it's always kind of interesting to see what people say, what they're feeling. You know how happy they're. Some are jumping for joy. Some of them are like, no, oh, I lost it all. It's like the hell but it ha- the fact that it happens it seems to happen in one glut is notable yeah, it's something to keep an eye on yes and no i mean well at least it's not as like it, these don't happen every day the changes do but mm-hmm. you don't see this kind of a glut of comments every day that's why it's being noted so that's i don't see him because i normally ignore him yeah, well, so I. I mean, I didn't know about it until I saw this today, but um, I think we're fortunate. It's because we play above board. We don't really have to worry about any of those fringe issues. Um, and, and larger sites typically see some hits because they've got such a wide variety of content. And, you know, just the odds are that they're going to get some some hit from a significant change in the search. But generally, it's not for major content. So here's something to think about, though. If you are new to SEO and you're trying to get your your head wrapped around this business and you, you're working on a site, your site or a client's site, and you do get a hit for something like this and you're like, you know, I'm not trying to be on the fringe. What happened? Why did I get hit? That's probably a sig- signal to you that something that you've learned along the way, something that you're doing might not be correct, that it might be causing issues. 
I have no idea what that might be, but it's at that point, it's time to maybe take a step back and reevaluate the tactics that you're using and, and what you're doing for your clients. Um, because like Ross said, people that are you know, acting above board, doing things right, rarely get hit with this stuff. Um, so just take it with a grain of salt, but look into it. Yeah. Cool. Um, you're actually, you have the next one as well. Yeah, the, the mobile first indexing. So we haven't talked about this for a while, but it came up again not too long ago because there was a day that my, literally my Facebook feed, <laughs> every SEO I knew posted something about getting this mass email through Google Search Console about their, their client sites being added to the mobile first index. I think, Ross, you were one of them. I think you had a giant <laughs> list of them. Um, but um, so that happened. And then there was a there was this could have been a Mueller file because John Mueller was talking on his weekly um, um, hangout webmaster hangout and he and and Twitter actually it came up in both places that they're not done so the, the mobile first indexing is going to take a while and they even mentioned it could take years to get through all the things and basically what they're doing they're looking for sites that the mobile version and the desktop version seem to be equivalent to each other. And once they are equivalent to each other, then they'll 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 put them in the mobile first index. So if you have a mobile version of your site that's di significantly different or even not even significant, just different enough for Google to say, nope, they're not equivalent. But if it's different than your desktop site, they're probably not going to get put in the mobile index. They will continue to crawl the desktop version as well um, for now. Um, you know, and, and this again was another report by Barry over at uh, SC Roundtable, but he's like, and I agree with him when he said for now, um, six months, a year from now, they can decide, no, nope, we're going to stop crawling desktop versions of sites. You never know. So just because they're going to, it's going to take years for this to roll out doesn't mean you should not work towards making your mobile version and your desktop version as equivalent as possible. Yeah, I've I saw the big change, like you said. Um, nothing like a change in terms of a notice. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> nothing else yep. has really changed. So, um, but I guess it's good we know. Uh, whatever yep. it means. Okay. Well, next up, Google has added um, creator and credit metadata for images. So when you do a Google image search, you will now be able to see. Uh, if the person has it in there in terms of metadata, there's actually data that's inside an image file, if it's been added, that is, um, that can include the copyright, uh, who created it, um, the rights of use, et cetera. Um, and now they are incorporating, it took them long enough, um, the ability for people to see who owns what and, and what kind of rights there are. Uh, I think that's a great thing. Is, is that part of the – because they just recently launched the, the whole image search has been redesigned. And, and is that part of that, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was just announced yesterday they added the support, so I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, the new, the, the new image search is only – the redesign's only been out maybe a week or so. So yeah, Well, you'd think – I guess it could be technically a part of it, but it wasn't launched at the same time. That's all I'm gotcha. saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, added the support for creator and credit metadata, metadata, and we'll be adding copyright notice metadata. Okay. So uh, that's good. Yeah, I think that's gonna you know when they see a more widespread use of that, it'll help them capture any uses or help other businesses capture uh, improper use of their products. I gotta say, it must be very difficult for places like uh, you know everything from uh, Adobe Stock to deposit photos to all 
these places to police who's improperly using their content. Shutterstock and all those places. That's got to be crazy. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how they keep on it. They must have some pretty sophisticated systems. Um, I know I've been using, you know, stock that I bought uh, for a long time. And uh, I always wondered, you know, whether or not anything like that expires. I don't think they do, but it, I, I'm half waiting for something to say, okay, you need to repurchase this license again. License again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming they do this, but it would be very easy for them to put metadata in the sample images that, you know, say this is unpaid for whatever. And then when you download the, the paid version of an image, change the metadata and then they could do searches or crawl for that metadata. I'm sure there's ways they can do it technically. Yeah. Well, and imagine once this is, you know, now that Google's integrating more of this, it's going to be easier for them. Let's let's hope for their sake because I think it's a good industry. It's a lot of work for photographers, and they need to get the credit. Yeah, for sure. All right. By the way, I have to say I really do like the new image search, the design. They definitely better than what they had. If you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. Yeah, I, I have, and I don't. You know, it gets kind of a blur how much they change, but I, yeah, I do remember looking at it and, and certainly not disliking it. So that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> From you? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Google Posts. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio one. That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for its 7th Annual International Mobile Web Award Competition. This award program is an opportunity for mobile developers to demonstrate their expertise in this growing medium. It recognizes the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world who create and maintain outstanding responsive and mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entry is September 28, 2018. Submit your entry today at www.mobile-webaward.org. That's mobile-webaward.org. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. 
Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Google Posts. What is it? So anyone who has a Google My Business listing, so a local business, and they have uh, claimed their Google My Business uh, listing, can add to it by posting uh, relevant events, sales, um, anything along those lines that they've got a pretty detailed criteria of what's allowed to be posted. Um, and what will happen is if someone does a search and your knowledge panel shows up for your business on the right, so the Google, the Google My Business knowledge panel, um, it will show any kind of Google post below. And again, these are time sensitive. They don't stay up there forever. Well, uh, Google Posts now allows 1,500 character posts. So they've changed how you can enter your content. I guess it was more about words before. Well, now it's 1,500 uh, characters, which Based on people's estimates, obviously there's bigger words out there, <laughs> but based on people's estimates, it increased it only by about 33 words in total on average hey, word size. Hey, those could be important words. They could. That's a lot of words. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, so it is certainly notable. Um, and, and this was interesting. Uh, on good old Mike Blumenthal's uh, hidden blog, <laughs> I'll never stop teasing about that, um, he he did a post on what percentage of verified businesses use Google Posts. Um, in his uh, too long didn't read, uh, it says on average seven percent of businesses worldwide that have verified their business listings are using Google Posts, and roughly twenty six percent of verified businesses in the U.S. were doing so. On a percentage basis, the usage of posts was highest around thirty percent in Spain, Italy, and Japan. The developed world has significantly more uptake of this feature than Asia and South America. That's uh, uh, unquote, but that's a, it's, it's a follow-up to an uh, article that Phil Rozak of Local Visibility did uh, about utilization levels of Google Posts. It's interesting because it is growing, the use of it, but there's still a lot of, like, frankly, uh, dubiousness over how much effect it has and benefit. I'd be interested to know how you know the, the businesses that are using Google Post percentages tied to the businesses that are that are actually responding to questions in the knowledge graph or in their local business, and where the you know what what does that Venn diagram look like? You know how many of them are doing both? How many of them are doing one or the other? That would be an interesting thing to know. It would be, yeah. yeah. It's uh, if we only had the time just to do that kind of analysis, it'd be cool, eh? That would be, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> look at all this data. All right. Now, the Google topic layer. Tell me, tell me. So they've updated the knowledge graph to really add a layer of topics. So when you search for something and a knowledge graph comes up, um, there will be, where does this fit in topics? And the the example used was dog breeds. And it's really interesting because if you go in and search for something like pug, it will tell you underneath the pug over the knowledge graph that it's a dog breed. then, then I, I took it a little bit further, and then the next thing I searched for was Beagle, because that's what I have. And it also did the same thing. However, when it, once I searched for both of those back-to-back, I got a carousel across the top of my search results of things related to Beagles and Pugs. 
So it looked at my last search, which was a pug, my current search, which is a beagle, combined the two and gave me a carousel with beagle on one end, pug on the other, and in between were um, things like dog and, and, and a number of other different um, dog breeds that were related to those, which I thought was really, really interesting that they were actually taking it to that level, looking at my previous search and my current search and giving me new data that combined the two, which I thought mm -hmm. was really interesting because of this this topic layer that they've added to to the knowledge graph. I see it too. I thought perhaps it was only mobile, but I see it now too. I did Beagle and then I did Pugs. And yes, yep. showing related to Pug and Beagle. <laughs> yep, and it, and it definitely knows the order because I did it the other way around and mine says related to Beagle and Pug. So it, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, they've got to work on their English. How much is a Pug cost? But <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't them. I'm sure they no, scraped it from somewhere. <laughs> uh, and lots of videos about doggies. How to shock. Nice. Yeah. And lots of silly clothes for dogs. Anyway. But, I, but I think I think this is something we're going to need to pay attention to over time, especially as the knowledge graph, you know, becomes more and more part of uh, voice search. You know, you know, having those topic layers and understanding how they work and how they relate is going to be important. So it's something to keep an eye on. Definitely. Yeah, cool. Nice observation. It was, uh, this was from where? Um, I'm, I made the observation. Thank you very much. Oh, well, okay. Well, this example, but the observation was from Search Roundtable. Well, they, they, they did, yeah, Search Roundtable said the knowledge graph, but the, the idea of them, you know, using previous searches and then adding all that additional information. I, I'm going to have to send that to Barry so he can write it up and give me credit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Next up. When I love this. So when Facebook went down, this is just short and it's, it's, it's SEO related somewhat, but on August 3rd, they noted that <laughs> it went down for nearly an hour in Europe and North America. Many users who were shut out, ended up going to news sites or searched for news. Now, I find that frightening. Because Facebook is not the place to go to learn news. Well, I mean, there's data out there somewhere. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I have read it in the past that talks about the fact that the most people get their news from Facebook. It's like the oh. primary source these days. So, so scary. Yeah, it is nuts. Oh. Um, it explains a lot, though. But yeah, it... Uh, it, it's it's an article on search engine land, and it just shows the the massive increase in in traffic to news. Um, now, uh, it, there's a, an element in here. This is from Greg Sterling, uh, and he says, uh, "quote unquote Why it matters to marketers. The trends shown in this start in this chart underscore opportunities for content creators to capitalize on well optimized pages and possibly ads." to reach news-seeking audiences in search. It also highlights programmatic and direct buying ad opportunities for marketers to reach these audience on publisher sites. Mm, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't. I find it not a direct, simple yes on that, but right. it's, uh, you know. But it, it, it is interesting, and I, I find it really scary. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> um, there's no way I'm going to Facebook for my news. I find it intriguing, some of the stuff I find, but I take it with a serious grain of salt, depending on the topic or the uh, content provider. Yeah, we, I mean, I, I can't really get into it because we, we promised ourselves we wouldn't talk about politics, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I'm not even going there. I mean, it's just there's so many other things, too. Uh, people just take for granted and believe. And yeah, it's not a good thing. 
I'll tell, tell you what, though, if I wasn't uh, if I wasn't as honest as I am, I used to have personal access to a lot of the news sites that uh, I worked on when I was at Advance, and I would have went and checked the data, but I I deleted them all out of my analytics account when I left. <laughs> good man, good man. And Must have been hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was bittersweet for sure. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Mueller Files. Woohoo! Yay! Only a few today, though. Yeah, th there's a bit, but uh, the first one is try not to use multiple languages in title tags. Um, and I guess I haven't seen this in a while, but it makes sense that people would try to do this. Yeah, people. I mean, there's there's a he was he was there was an example. Someone asked him a question on Twitter, I believe it was, um, about this, and he was basically said try. To use a single language, you know, he realized that there's cases when you can't. Like if your um, your your primary language is not English, and you're talking about an English phrase, you may have both languages in your title tag and on your page. Um, but he says, whenever possible, try to keep languages separate on your site. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, there is no meta tag limit per page. I thought this tell one me, was great too. Tell so, me what this is about. So someone asked John on Twitter again. Um, apparently, he had, they had thought he had said in one of the Webmaster Hangouts that, that Google stops reading meta tags after the first twenty. So, and there's a lot of cases where people will put many, many different meta tags on a page. You know, meta tags are not just for search engines. Some there's applications that use them. Some content management systems and hosted systems use them. There's a lot of reasons to have different types of meta tags on a page. And if you happen to put the the, the you know the description and the relicals canonical below all these other meta tags that you're using for other purposes, he was worried that, that, that you know they might not see the description or the relicals canonical tags, or whatever. But John reassured him, as far as he knows, there are no limits to the number of meta tags they they will crawl and read. Now, slash ignore. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's be specific, though. Just because they're reading them does not mean they're using them. So don't think you can go out and add a whole bunch of meta tags on your page now that for other purposes or whatever. And Google's going to use the information in that to, to add um, to the, to the uh, relevancy or whatever of your page. They still... Just because they're reading them doesn't mean they're using the content in them. But don't worry about them not reading the important ones is what he's getting at. I'm sure that's never been done. Oh, never. <laughs> I've, ne I've never ever, ever seen a site with about 60 or 70 meta tags about all kinds of different stuff all stuffed with the same keywords. Never. <laughs> never seen never. that. No. <laughs> oh, geez. That's like, we should just create a book of, of, of just tragedies in SEO. <laughs> oh, man, I guess that would be so funny to read <laughs> for all for SEOs anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. A change in structured data formats won't result in drop in indexed pages. Structured data. Formats. So what we're talking about here is John got the question again on a Hangout. And if you don't go to these Hangouts, um, they actually have some pretty good information. They're recorded. They're posted. You can view them after the fact. Um, but but you should check them out sometime. But in this case, somebody asked John. Uh, they were getting ready to change 
the, the programming language that they used for their structured data. They were going to convert it from whatever was in to JSON or, or something like that. And they were worried that by changing uh, the language that the structured data was done in and the, the data format, that it would have problem, give them problems. And John reassured him that changing the structure, how you write those, as long as they still you know, are compliant to the, the rules and rate around structured data, you're not going to have any issues at all with that. So it's a good thing to know. It was, I thought it was a good question because I would have probably asked the same thing. I'm not, I wouldn't have been sure, but now we know. Yeah, well, especially after uh, this person who was t talking to him uh, said he had a loss of 40 million pages indexed in Google <laughs> after doing that. I would make I would be concerned. Yeah, I'm guessing it was something else, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what he's saying. Yeah, it's John saying it's probably something else. But, uh, you know, I, I we all know that glitches happen. So hopefully John's helping him out and looking into it. Uh, I, I, I kind of dislike it when they're, they're left on their own in these situations. So it's obviously a pretty significant site. It's 150 yeah. million pages they changed. Holy hell. It's a standard news site though. Not only one that's been around for a while. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Glad I haven't had to deal with those. Leave it to you guys. <laughs> it, it can be fun. Yes. Yes. I don't doubt it. All right. Well, now we're down to a community question. But uh, before we get there, let's take a quick break. SEO 101 will be back right climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. 
So Jeff Ashton is one of our uh, listeners and on our community. So uh, thank you very much, Jeff, for posting a question. He says, question for the podcast. I've recently read in a Brian Dean post that it's advisable to, quote, kill the zombie pages, unquote, as he puts it. I have two questions. Number one, my testimonial pages are approaching over 100. Should I just index the front page to clear the to clear the clutter? Number two, when I no index any page, will it still be accessible from a direct link? Uh -huh. good, good questions. Mm -hmm. okay. So, so you want to take the first one first? Sure. So, uh, I I don't know, man. I I, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, if you've got a hundred testimonials, there's a lot of code there. If you really it's, a, it's one of those things that bears other questions. How big is your site? Is this a major percentage of your site? Um, Google's not going to put as much uh, clout on those other pages. It's not going to weigh them as heavily. So it's not really hurting you. Um, Brian Dean's a smart guy. Don't get me wrong. Uh, maybe he's mentioning this in relation to something else. Um, I certainly do believe if there's useless pages, they shouldn't be there. But testimonials, it's not bad. Um, I would test it. You know, frankly, I would test it. It's not a big deal. Um, you're not going to lose any major value. Um, one of the things I like to do too is take those testimonials and move them to service-related pages. So if you have a testimonial that's about, uh, let's say you're a plumber, it's about a kitchen, some kitchen um, remodeling. Well, put that on your kitchen remodeling service page, uh, your sales page. Uh, and put you know a, an assortment of them there. Make them topically relevant and put them on those sections of your site. That way it's not just this long list of testimonials. That's another way you could cut that down and get the more benefit out of it, especially using schema uh, for reviews if these are reviews you own. John? I, I, I don't disagree, but I, I have another possible solution. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can't do what Ross is suggesting, and if you do that, you've got a hundred of them, but you only have you can only use maybe a dozen of them for 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 testimonials mm -hmm. on specific pages. But you still have all these other ones. Use rel equals next prev. Put them all in one group and have them have them like paginated. So you you go from one to the other to the other. And if you use rel equals next prev, um, which is it's a it's a way to group a, a related pages. So when you have paginated, paginated content or you have uh, have a category that has a bunch of listings and you have multiple pages, um, or if you have testimonials where you have multiple pages of testimonials, you can add this rel equals next slash prev. It's next or previous, right? And what it does is that it groups from, from search engine designs, it groups all those pages into one bucket which then it takes all the authority and relevancy from those pages and it combines it together. But the only page that gets indexed is the first page of that group. So now they're not zombie pages anymore. They're, they're, they're contributing because they have relevancy. They have um, potentially some authority if any of them are linked to for whatever reason. But it takes that instead of just getting rid of it, it all it consolidates it on the first page of the group. And to me, that would probably be the best way because then you still have them available for your your readers, the people that come to your website, um, and you can now leverage them better from a search perspective without having all these extra pages that are not really going to be ranking for anything, but may have a little bit of relevancy and rate. You can put that all together in testimonials or reviews about whatever your product or services are, or, or reviews about your brand. Yeah, I, I mean, it, a couple of things there. One is. 
if you're using any kind of half decent testimonial module or or system, it's going to have Nextprev in there probably by default. Again, we're hoping, um, but most cases the good ones do. Um, but also, uh, I'm not sure if it it completely answers the Brian Dean question. I mean, it, he's talking about zombie pages that are just less valuable. And I guess yeah. they use up, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, index time? Right. So, so th- that's a good point. So the, the, what Brian Dean's talking about is, is a little bit different. And there can be a lot of variation on what you would call a zombie page, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, I think a good example of a zombie page would be like a directory who had every city and every business listed yeah. in the directory. But half of those pages are empty because nobody ever submitted a business in that city for that particular category. Those would be considered zombie pages you'd want to kill or, or get rid of or just not or, do a directory. Or thousands <laughs> of tags, th- thousands of tags on yeah. the WordPress site. Yeah, um, that's another great example. Yeah. Um, and for those that don't know what they mean there, that's when you've 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 tagged You can add a tag to a particular post, but you didn't continue to use the same ones. You just added a new one every time. Well, it could be that you have a ridiculous number of tags. They're all indexable by Google, and they have maybe only one post on each one. This is totally no benefit to that. It's killing your crawl rate. Uh, It's bad news. Yeah, I I think I told you an example a a year or two ago. We did a tag audit at the Advanced Properties, and we, you know, they didn't have any tag management in place at all. All the different reporters could put in whatever tags they want. We had we had thousands and thousands of tags that were only ever used one time. So you have thousands and thousands of pages on your site that are useless. So that must have been a major. Like a major plus once you got that cleaned up. It must have made oh, huge yeah. differences in rankings. It did. It helped tremendously. Oh, so there you go. There's a major win there. And it's all thanks to Jeff. So thanks, Jeff, for that. Well, uh, well, anyone Jeff, out there who doesn't know about this, it's, it's a big win if you've got that issue. Yeah. And Jeff, your second question, when you no index a page, is it still accessible via direct, direct link? Absolutely. No index is only a directive for the search engine. So if someone has a direct link to that site, it has no impact whatsoever. Um, the, the, the no index has no impact whatsoever on somebody linking to your site and clicking through and going there. Do you think he means so that it, it's still indexable from a direct link? Might just be a different word used. I don't know. No, it says accessible. I think yeah. Yeah, I'm going to assume he's a smart guy. I think he is a smart guy and he knows what he's writing. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, well, no, <laughs> thanks for that, by the way. You know, I didn't mean he wasn't. I just <laughs> yeah, quit, call, quit calling our user stupid, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, just, I just want to make sure you get the best answer here. But uh, if you want so, to look so up what, on... Not that Jeff asked it, but what were you thinking that, that maybe some of our listeners might be, might be asking in their head right now? Well, if you have no index on the page, will it still be... Will it still be... Uh, I always have a hard time explaining this, quite frankly. I even have to look it up every time just to remember how all of them work, because I do. I have to look them up. <laughs> it isn't exactly logical. Um, but if you have a no index on the page, can it be found in the Google index? Um, and if you're using a direct link, someone directly links to the page, will Google add it to the index no matter what? And there is something around that, and I can't remember how to describe it. You're so, better at this. You're always so- better at this. 
So we have to remember a couple different things. One, there is a difference between whether a page shows up in the index or whether it shows up in search results. Right. right? So um, there's two primary ways that people don't want their pages indexed in search. One is they added a meta tag that says, do not index this page, which is the no index that Jeff is talking about here. And people will use robots.txt to block a page from being crawled, therefore not being indexed. Now, with the robots dot, with the meta tag that says don't index, that one pretty much works the best to keep a page out. That said, if the page had already been indexed before you put the no index tag on the page, it could it could remain in the index easily without going into Webmaster Tools and asking to remove it. Yes, yeah, the the manual removal is if you really want it out of there. Yes, right. and, and and now for the robots dot text version of keeping a page out of the index, that just tells the site that the crawlers don't crawl that page. If somebody links to that page and Google comes in from that direction through a link instead of um, directly to the page through a link, it will still get indexed. Um, the robots.txt was not. And that's what I think he's asking. But I'm not yeah. obviously. Yeah, that, that was the perception I had. Um, there's actually a, a it's one of the ones I've gone back to a couple of times to again to remember because you know there's always something in your in your job that <laughs> that you just have to go back and go what was that again uh, anyway there's a good one all right up I always go to um I always seem to find on search engine land by Barry just talks about this and it's it's from Google essentially stating here's a clear explanation of the robots exclusion protocol because um, mm -hmm. yeah it, it can be a bit semantic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think that if you if you want to make sure a page is not in the index, it, you do two things. One, um, if you have the opportunity, put the the no index meta tag on the page, and then two, go to Webmaster Tools and use the URL removal tool in there and have it removed from the index if it's already there. You do those two things, and you should be good. There you go. Perfect. Well, I think that was a good show. Lots of stuff there to share. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, can hardly believe it's already done. If you have, <laughs> well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thank you for joining us today. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.